Sitter Snippet Series is generously sponsored by the Saka family in loving memory of the patriarch of the family, Joseph Saka. We began Shemona Esrei, and we uh, saw many interpretations, Hashem Esfasai Tivtach, the very opening words. But before we continue with the opening three brachos, the Shevach, the praise of the Amidah, Amidah is broken up into three sections. Before we even begin the opening word of Baruch, we have to examine, we have to take a look at a set of halachas and practices regarding our posture. What is the halacha when it comes to bowing? What is the halacha when it comes to our posture? Which not only uh, are there fascinating details of halacha, many of people get wrong, but also the deeper meaning, some of the kavana, how it positions us to be able to be best connected and get the most out of our amida. So the writes, The following are the five places in the Amida in which we bow. Ba'avos Asof. We begin beginning, Baruch Atah Hashem, at the very opening of the Amida, and then Magin Avram. Ba'odah Asof, the beginning of Modim and at the end. Ve'imba'lishchos besov ko brachos o betchila malamdim If a person wants to volunteer additional bowing, we train a person, we teach a person not to. In the middle of a bracha, a person could chuckle, could bow, could get into it. We saw before, we put our entire beings, our entire selves, we dedicate all of our energy and all of our flow into this conversation with Hashem. What's the reason that we don't add additional? If bowing is good, then maybe more bowing is even better. So don't only bow in the beginning, don't only bow at the end. Why not bow? So the Mishnah tells us, Shouldn't be a free-for-all. The shul shouldn't look like the uh, middle of an aerobics class. Everybody shouldn't be bowing and flying freely and doing what they want. Chazal dictated to us exactly the posture, exactly the motion we're meant to go through. Don't add and don't subtract. Moreover, in Yiddishkeit, in Judaism, we have a concern. We're mindful and aware never to seem arrogant, to seem haughty, to seem better. You are one of my favorite stories. Once somebody was interested in following a particular Chumrah, and they went to Mori Varabi Rav Shechter to ask, should I not do this? Because is it Mechse Kiyura? Does it appear, does it look like you are arrogance? Shechter stopped, he looked at him and he said, it's not Mechse Kiyura, it's you are a mamish. For you to do such a behavior, it doesn't look like arrogance, it is arrogant. So the Mishnah Bura writes, Mechse Kiyura, for a Pachayshin on the Yura, Shemachse Katzma Yoser Kashem Misharat Sibur. Everyone else is only doing that little bowing. I'm doing more. We discourage, it's wrong. A person should not, a person should not do that. So how do we bow? What's the proper way? What's the proper way to bow? So the Shulchan Aruch writes, HaMespalot Tzorach Sheyichra Atshe Yispaka Kukachulio Shebeshidra. When you bow, all the vertebrae should pop. And when a person bows, you don't leave your head up while you bow, but rather your head descends with you as you bow at the waist. A person's head should bow. Not too much though. Shulchanach continues to say, No matter how flexible, this is not the time to show how you do yoga, how flexible you are, how you can touch your toes without even bending your knees. We're impressed. It's incredible. Save that for the first tee. In shul during Shemona Esrei, don't bow so far that you're actually facing your belly button. Again, that is excessive. It's inappropriate. It's calling attention. It's not the right way to go. So 
You have people who are in a position of life, a stage of life, a posture, who have not been doing yoga throughout their life, for whom it's incredibly difficult, painful to be able to bow. So at least dip your head, at least it should be noticeable that a person is submitting to Hashem with their sense of bowing. When we bow, we do so quickly, with alacrity, with zeal. When we stand upright, slowly. When a person is bowed, first we begin with the head, and then one by one the vertebrae straighten up. Uh, slowly a person returns to their previous upright posture. It shouldn't look like it is a pain. And lastly, Shulchanach Siv Zion writes, when you bow, you bow at Baruch, and when you stand upright, Zokef B'Shem. When you say Hashem's name is when we stand, is when we stand upright. So again, all vertebrae in the spine move in place, one after the other, they protrude from the back. We bend the head and the back until our face, the height between the heart and the waist, but not all the way, not excessive. We uh, bow quickly and we stand upright slowly. Here there's a difference between Ashkenazim and Svardim. Mishnah Brun Sifkot Nyid Beis here writes that at Baruch we bend the knees, at Atah we bend the waist, uh, and uh, Baruch Atah, and at Hashem we stand upright. Modem, where there's no Baruch, we simply bow at the waist and we don't bow at the knees at all. Svardim the Kavachayim, same Simon Kuf Yud Gimel, quotes, according to the Ari, Svardim bow in two stages. They bend the body without bending the knees and then stand upright afterwards, the way the Shulchan Aruch itself, the way the Shulchan Aruch itself implies. So it's not just a suggestion, it's not just a, a motion, but a person should take their time and bow properly. Again, for Ashkenazim, we bend at the knees significantly, and then at the waist, at Atah, first stand up with the head, then the rest of the body follows slowly, so that one is returned to the upright position when we say Hashem's name. Sometimes the people are on autopilot, they're moving so fast, in fact, tonight at 8 o'clock, right after Marav, starting our four-part series from the uh, Rabbanum of the Shul, Torah Take on Motivational Books. We'll be speaking about a Torah Take on Atomic Habits at 8 o'clock, right after Marav. So sometimes our body's just going through the motions. We are running like a train at super speed that, in fact, we're flying through the words faster than we can bow or stand upright. But it's a mistake. It's supposed to slow us down. It's supposed to make us feel present. It's supposed to accomplish a goal of a certain feeling or transformation that this is not ordinary. We're not in the same place that we were. In the coming nights, we'll go through some beautiful, beautiful insights of Rishonim and Achronim about what are some of the kavanas, what are some of the thoughts that we have. Why do we bend quickly and stand upright slowly? Why first the knees, then the waist and the head? Why does the Shekhanach re reference the vertebrae? Where else do we see vertebrae or spine? In Tanakh or in Halacha, why would we be invoking the spine and its significance in this context? That is the Halacha. We'll go through the deeper meaning in the coming nights.